The Hindu does not attempt to explain why one thinks one is the body. The answer that it is the will of God is no explanation. This is nothing more than what the Hindu says, I do not know. Well then, the human soul is eternal and immortal, perfect and infinite, and death means only a change of center from one body to another. The present is determined by our past actions and the future by the present. The soul will go on evolving up or reverting back from birth to birth and death to death. But here is another question. Is man a tiny boat in a tempest, raised one moment on the foamy crest of a billow and dashed down into a yawning chasm the next, rolling to and fro at the mercy of good and bad actions, a powerless, helpless wreck in an ever-raging, ever-rushing, uncompromising current of cause and effect, a little moth placed under the wheel of causation, which rolls on, crushing everything in its way, and waits not for the widow's tears or the orphan's cry. The heart sinks at the idea. Yet, this is the law of nature. Is there no hope? Is there no escape? Was the cry that went up from the bottom of the heart of despair. It reached the throne of mercy, and words of hope and consolation came down and inspired a Vedic sage, and he stood up before the world and in trumpet voice proclaimed the glad tidings. Hear ye, children of immortal bliss, even ye that reside in higher spheres, I have found the ancient one who is beyond all darkness, all delusion. Knowing him alone, you shall be saved from death over again. Children of immortal bliss, what a sweet, what a hopeful name. Allow me to call you, brethren, by that sweet name, heirs of immortal bliss. Yea, the Hindu refuses to call you sinners. We are the children of God, the sharers of immortal bliss, holy and perfect beings. Ye divinities on earth, sinners, it is a sin to call a man so. It is standing libel on human nature. Come up, O lions, and shake off the delusion that you are sheep. You are souls immortal, spirits free, blessed and eternal. Ye are not matter, ye are not bodies. Matter is your servant, not you the servant of matter. Thus it is that the Vedas proclaim not a dreadful combination of unforgiving laws, not an endless prison of cause and effect, but that at the head of all these laws, in and through every particle of matter and force stands one by whose command the wind blows, the fire burns, the clouds rain, and death stalks upon the earth. And what is his nature? He is everywhere, the pure and formless one, the almighty and the all-merciful. Thou art our father, thou art our mother, thou art our beloved friend, thou art the source of all strength, give us strength. Thou art he, that beareth the burdens of the universe. Help me bear the little burden of this life. Thus sang the rishis of the Vedas. And how to worship him? Through love. He is to be worshipped as the one beloved, dearer than everything in this and the next life. This is the doctrine of love declared in the Vedas. And let us see how it is fully developed and taught by Krishna, whom the Hindus believed to have been God incarnate on earth. He taught 
that a man ought to live in this world like a lotus leaf which grows in water but is never moistened by water so a man ought to live in the world his heart to God and his hands to work it is good to love God for hope of reward in this or the next world but it is better to love God for love's sake and the prayer goes Lord I do not want wealth nor children nor learning if it be thy will I shall go from birth to birth but grant me this that I may love thee without the hope of reward love unselfishly for love's sake 